This podcast sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo. A Cherry Hill Volvo and XC40 can be leased for as low as $459. And an XC90 leased for as low as $629. The Cherry Hill Volvo offers are very aggressive. Spring into Cherry Hill Volvo for incredibly fabulous offers. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter always live on the free Odyssey app the revolution will be broadcast this is the next generation of talk now on talk radio 1210 WPHT Rich Zioli Oh, it's a bummer. I just heard about comedian Richard Lewis dying. He made me laugh. He was great. That's a shame. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Thank you for being here. Kareen Jean-Pierre, the White House fembot a few moments ago, said, uh, Joe Biden does not need a cognitive test. That's the assessment of the president's doctor and neurologist. Uh, we will uh, see if we agree with what she said. I think Biden's got some major political problems. I really do. Let me share a, a tweet here as we start our four o'clock hour from my buddy, the greater Chris, who uh, I do love, even though I bust his chops. But again, you only you only bust chops with the people that you like. That's the bottom line, right? You only bust chops with the people you like in life. That's the rule. But he said... Um, Rich just mentioned enthusiasm for Trump, and I had a deja vu moment when he was talking about 2020 when Biden couldn't match the enthusiasm of Trump voters. The cynical side of me believes Biden wins in November despite all the conventional indicators leaning Trump. Look, I understand the cynicism, and I am in no way, shape, or form going to act like this thing's a done deal. I believe that if the election were held tomorrow, Trump would win. I also believe that it's a lifetime away until November. I also don't think Joe Biden's going to be the nominee. And I also think that a million things can happen between now and then. But the trends are all looking very favorable for Trump. And I think there's a couple of distinctions between 2020. Number one is that COVID, I mean, quite frankly, COVID was the issue. Let's just remember where we were in November of 2020. We were back to lockdowns again. I remember we were going to have my parents over for Thanksgiving. Now, my dad has a lot of health issues, as you know, related to Ground Zero, related to his work at Ground Zero, where he spent months doing, it was part of the recovery effort, going into the pit every day. And Christy Whitman said the air was fine to breathe, but so many of those first responders and recovery team dealing with health issues, many of them have died from those health issues. So we also had a baby. You know, Reagan was born in April, April 16th of 2020, our little COVID baby bio baby surprise. And we were extra careful. And 
I don't regret being extra careful. I think we did the right thing to protect my dad. Um, I think we did the right thing to protect the baby. We didn't know we didn't know a lot back then. But if you remember November, I mean, we were going to have Thanksgiving, but we decided to just not do it because there was a, you know an uptick in cases again, and people were getting nervous, and it was a different world back then. The mail-in voting thing, the nonsense the Pennsylvania Supreme Court did. I know that there's cheating with Democrats. Of course we know that. I've been in politics way too long to tell you that cheating is not real because cheating is 100% real. Absolutely it is. And Biden was the kind old man in the basement who's going to keep us safe from COVID and safe from mean tweets. And they can't play that game now. They can't play that game anymore. And I think there's a lot of buyer's remorse. A lot of people who might have said, I want to give Biden a try because I don't like Trump's tweets or I don't like the chaos. And it was the chaos of the of the situation of the country. The country was in chaos because of covid. I think that that led to people voting for Biden, who I think now are going to change their vote. If you think back to the Super Bowl of 2024, okay, I'm sorry, 2020, Super Bowl 2020, Donald Trump ran a. Super Bowl commercial. Do you remember that? He ran a Super Bowl commercial. That's something that presidential candidates normally don't do. But it was his Morning in America commercial, and it was great. It was a great spot. He was on top of the world for re-election. I mean, every indicator was looking really good for him. And then a few weeks later, COVID came because somebody had the audacity to eat an undercooked bat burger with a side of pangolin fries and a raccoon dog aioli. And it changed everything, changed the course of so much. And the mail-in balloting scam that Democrats were able to take advantage of, that Republicans need to do a much better job of dealing with now going to this election, they were just a lot of different variables. But in February of 2020, everybody thought Trump was going to get reelected. They really did. I mean, they, it, it was his, his numbers look great. The trajectory looked great. You, you don't spend $6 million on a Super Bowl commercial unless you're pretty confident. The indicators were all great. And then COVID happened. I don't know what I don't know, obviously. I can't know what the future is going to bring, but I'm just looking at the trends right now, the way things are going. And they're all moving in Trump's direction in a big way, and they are terrible for Joe Biden. The trends for Biden are awful. They're awful. They're the kind of trends you can't recover from. Look, I tell you all the time, people lie to pollsters, but they don't lie about their opinions on things. They might lie about who they're voting for, but when you ask a voter... Do you think the country's on the right track, wrong track? And, and historically speaking, in all the years I've been in politics, which I've been in politics since I was in middle school, I had my first internship with Congress, with then Assemblyman Scott Garrett when I was in, I was in, in middle school. And everything about right track, wrong track, when the country's on the wrong track, when voters feel the country's on the wrong track, the incumbent loses. You, you just can't come back from that. There's no way to reorient that. That's the problem. Now, I think the Democrats are going to try some funny business. I do. I think they're going to swap Biden out. I'd be shocked if Biden is a candidate in the fall. I Can I predict that with certainty? Of course not. How could I? I'm not freaking Kreskin here, but I just, I, my gut tells me that this is, you, you, the, the trends are so bad for him, you just can't fix it. You just can't undo the damage that's been done here. And we're getting, it's getting worse. And, to add to that, in addition to people thinking the country's on the wrong track, they think Biden's brain is on the wrong track. Hell, they don't even think Biden's brain is on a track at this point. I think it's just sort of, you know, rattling around in a jar somewhere like marbles. Here's the White House fembot Karine Jean-Pierre today. 
after Biden met with his doctor. Shocking. He doesn't need a cognitive test. Take a listen. To, uh, you were asking me about a cognitive test. As it relates to that, look, um, you know, the president doesn't need a cognitive test. That is not my assessment. That is not my assessment. That is the assessment of the president's doctor. Uh, that is also the assessment of the neurologist, uh, who has also made that assessment as well. And, you know, and you've heard us say this, and I'll reiterate this, the president's doctor has said if you look at what this president, the president who is also the commander in chief, he passes a cognitive test every day, every day, as he moves from one topic to another topic, trying understanding the granular level of these topics. You saw him talk about uh, fighting crime today. Tomorrow he's going to go to the border. Next week he's going to give a State of the Union address. And so we have to keep that in mind. Uh, this is a very rigorous job, uh, and uh, the president has been able to do to this job every day for the past three years to oh please what this is you know the, this is the equivalent of you go to a doctor you tell a doctor listen here's the deal i need uh this particular drug for whatever it is and the doctor says no and then you go all right i'm gonna go to a different doctor who's gonna prescribe me what what i want you know what i mean like you go to a doctor you go, i got back pain all the time and I want a, a painkiller. Doctor says, I'm not prescribing it for you. All right, I'll find a doctor who will. Or I'll go online and find a doctor who will. Of course the president's doctor is going to say he doesn't need a cognitive test or he wouldn't be the president's doctor. Please. My doctor has ensured me I do not need blue chew. That's why he's my doctor. <clears throat> Just going to let that <laughs> sit out there for a minute. Let that rise to the occasion. Um, Matt DeSantis, let me ask you this question right now. When you look at these numbers out of Michigan, because I know you're a numbers guy and you love to process this stuff, the trends for Biden, they look pretty bad, do they not? Yeah, I would say. I mean, to lose delegates to uncommitted, a campaign that started two weeks ago and the leader of which is um, Rashida Tlaib, who I'm pretty sure everyone just dismisses as a crazy person at this point, that's pretty embarrassing. And they're saying it could impact um future primaries as well it may not just go away after michigan hmm not good that's not good i wouldn't want to be in that position if i were joe biden i wouldn't want to be in that position if i were the democrats right now i wonder if that's why guys like david axelrod and james carville are sounding so many freaking alarm bells you gotta wonder uh let me play this clip for you speaking of all of the um the stuff that everybody's dealing with right now they're trying to make the Demo the Republican Party out to be the crazy party. We're not. I'm telling you right now, the Republicans are not. And this is the big story of the day brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Go see him today for your perfect smile, VenariaDental.com. I'll ask the question one more time, Matt DeSantis. When we were at CPAC together, we got there Wednesday. You had to go back to Philly because we had some equipment issues. I, of course, went down to the bar where I proceeded to buy Michael Pelka, one of the most expensive, <laughs> beautiful bourbons you can possibly buy, Blanton's, after he bought me the rail house liquor that came in a plastic bottle. Um, I stayed at CPAC and hung around. I was there Wednesday. I was there Thursday. I was there Friday. I was there Saturday. I didn't see any Nazis. Did you see any Nazis walking around? <laughs> no, not once. Can I say, I know what the, the Nazi reference is, though. There was mm -hmm. a, an article written by the New York Times. I, I think I, I can't find it now. It's from uh, it's a few days old at this point. But there was 
A member of the far, far right who I guess has been associated with anti-Semitism, who apparently attended the conference, but didn't actually attend the conference. They were simply at the hotel and even stated that they don't agree with CPAC's message and they were basically just, I believe the quote was, people watching. Um, well, the Times latched onto that. I'm pretty sure it was the Times. It may have been the Post, one or the other. Um, and I'm almost certain that's where they're getting this Nazi narrative from. There was no, no actual like Nazi or far-right lunatic at CPAC. There was simply one at the hotel who uh, explicitly said that they don't agree with CPAC's message and just watched from a bar, basically. Now, the hotel, the Gaylord Conference Center... Gaylord. It's a huge resort in in Maryland. It's in a a, a fake town. I mean, literally, it's a Fugazi town. It's like one of those Wild West towns. Nothing opens till four o'clock. It's all there to serve whatever convention's going on. There's a Ferris wheel. It's a fake town. Nobody lives there. And National Harbor, Maryland, as it's called, the Gaylord is a huge hotel. It's massive. There's, I think, what did I count? Like 142 elevators. I couldn't figure out how to get to my room. <laughs> yeah, you have to take an elevator that specifically for your section of the hotel. Uh, it's, it was a little confusing. Yeah, I would get off the elevator and have to walk a mile and a half to my room. I mean, that's how bad. That's how big the hotel was. Some hotels took you down to only the second floor. Some took you down to, to only the atrium. It was it was huge. And in the middle of the show, if I wanted to go grab a cup of coffee, I had to go down like three escalators and two elevators. And you know, it was a, it's a massive place. So this guy who was there did not support CPAC because CPAC passed a resolution in support of Israel, and CPAC has been very openly in in support of their stance for Israel. This guy was not happy with that. He was not a delegate. He didn't speak at CPAC. There were no anti-Semitic or Nazi speakers at CPAC. There was no conference like, you know, reigniting the Reich or anything like that. That did not happen. Nobody was goose-stepping. Nobody was zekiling. There was none of that at CPAC. And had there been, I would have left. We all would have left because it's not who we are. But nevertheless, the New York Times, to your point, latched on some some extremist jackass at a bar. And by the way, the hotel is open to the public. So it's not like you can you can turn people away. And the bar was packed with people. And a lot of the people who were there were not actually even attending CPAC because you have to pay to go to CPAC. So some people just went to go kind of people watch and be part of it. And I saw some friends from D.C. that I haven't seen in years. A couple of my friends who were there were not they didn't actually pay to come. They just came literally to do the networking that happens at the end of the day after all the speeches are done and everybody heads to the bar because the one constant in politics is people love to drink. I'm telling you, <laughs> they do. And the bars were, and there were several of them, they were all packed to the brim. Am I right, Matt? Well, you didn't drink. You, they didn't have Zima, so you didn't stick around <laughs> for that. But but nevertheless, you know, Michigan is a, is a sign that the Democrat Party is in, is, is, has got a crazy people problem. It's got a crazy people problem. And in order to try to counter that crazy people problem where you literally have now people voting uncommitted against Joe Biden because of his support of Israel, they're trying to suggest that the Republican Party is extremist. Josh Shapiro, the governor of Pennsylvania, pulled this stunt the other day when he came out exposing his Democrat hackiness and saying that the Republican Party is the party of extremists. And it's like, dude, you're, you're, it's your party that has people like Rashida Tlaib in it and Ilan Omar, not, not, not the Republican Party. So that vile human being, Rick Wilson – Goes on TV on MSNBC and sits down with, I think, the most racist person on television, Joy, Joy uh, Reid, among other people, 
and proceeds to say that there were Nazis at CPAC. It's an absolute lie. Take a listen. There's a problem with this. My grandmother used to call it the turd in the punch bowl. Mm. Once you have a turd in the punch bowl, it's not punch anymore. Once you have one Nazi in the door, mm-hmm. you're not a conservative organization anymore. You're a pro-Nazi organization. And the fact that these people were there on the floor, perfectly comfortable, the fact that these people are circulating there now, because they are all part of a philosophy that Steve Bannon infected the GOP with called no enemies to my right. Right. Which is why they were fine with Charlottesville at a certain level, which is why they're fine with these people. They look at these people as their shock troops, as their as their best guys, as the people that are going to go out there and metaphorically or literally swing at their enemies. There were no Nazis at CPAC, you moron. There were no Nazis. There might have been a cosplay extremist neo-Nazi guy sitting at the bar. That's not Nazis at CPAC. It's unbelievable. That's but this is lie. the... Oh, it's Which totally annoying. Lie. And just to reiterate, the Times found one person who was not an invited speaker, was not an attendee, and explicitly said they disagreed with CPAC's messaging, and then associated that individual with CPAC. That's outrageous. It's I mean, stupid. that's like saying that you're having the real estate convention at a casino in Atlantic City, and somebody is there who believes that nobody should ever own homes, and therefore that the entire real estate convention was dedicated to ending American home ownership because somebody playing blackjack doesn't believe that. You know what I mean? That's ridiculous. And it's insulting because I don't want to be associated with Nazis, obviously. I hate Nazis, particularly Illinois Nazis. Blues Brothers? Nobody? Nothing? Uh, I never saw it. Oh, you, how could you have never seen Blues Brothers? I don't know. I've not gotten around to it. What is wrong with you? <laughs> well, I didn't want to admit that I had never seen it, so I just kept so quiet. You just, ignored, you just ignored the reference? I didn't understand the reference. So in, in the car, Jake, they're driving in the car, and the Illinois Nazis are marching, and they get to the bridge, and the, co- and the cop says those, those guys won their court case. That was the Supreme Court case where they said in Skokie, Illinois, the, not the Nazis, and they weren't really Nazis, I mean, but they had the right to march. Which, of course, they do under the First Amendment. I'm not doubting that. The Supreme Court was correct in their ruling on that. But the, the Blues Brothers look at each other, each other and say, Nazis, uh, Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. And then they floor it and they go and they knock all the Nazis off the bridge into the water. And they all have to jump off the bridge into the, into the, lit, the stream underneath. Oh, it's a great scene. Blues Brothers. It's fantastic. Anyway, and I'm also like uh, Indiana Jones in that sense, too. I hate Nazis. But yes, Nazis are, to Pat Carr's point, they are far left, not far right. They are the National Socialist Party. I I feel like that gets lost in history sometimes. The National Socialist Party is the actual name of the party. But this is an old, you know, thing they've been trying to do for years to associate Trump with Hitler. And it's boring. And quite frankly, it didn't work in 2016. And it's not going to work now. And it's just dumb. They are just they're they're clutching at straws to try to redefine the narrative here because the Democrat Party has a crazy person problem. You know, James Carville said years ago, the Democrat Party has become the party of the faculty lounge and the coastal elites. That's James Carville saying that. And he also said, and his polling group did the analysis, and I shared that with you probably a month ago, the grim reality, that political memo that they put out where they asked voters who were largely voters that lean to the Democrat side, which party is the party of extremism? And they said the Democrat Party. So it's a problem. They've got a crazy person problem. And um, here is, um, this is a clip of Van Jones right now talking about Michigan and the problems that Joe Biden has. And he's got a very short time to get those groups back on board. Take a listen. 
Patrick Kay Jr. is looking to get on the ballot next. That's where they're focusing. And Michigan, of course, has those primaries tonight. What are you looking at to gauge Biden's strength there? And obviously that was, a, as John King said, as far as a swing state goes, very comfortable victory for Biden last time around. Uh, but uh, David Oxford was saying last night, uh, it appears it will be much closer this time. Sure. I mean, uh, Michigan's going to be tougher uh, because you got a bunch of constituencies that we need that right now are grumpy, uh, to say the least. Uh, the big Muslim uh, community there uh, in, in Michigan, they are not happy with the way that Joe Biden has been handling the situation in Gaza. And right. you also have a lot of young people of color, especially African-Americans and some African-American men that are just frustrated in general. Uh, with the state of things. Um, and so you've got to, you've got a very short period of time to get those two groups back on board. Don't forget, uh, Donald Trump has won in Michigan before. He won in Michigan in 2016. Uh, he lost uh, Michigan in 2020. Uh, 2024, it is possible that he could win again. So, uh, you know, I, my thing with RFK is, again, uh, he's going to the places that are the swing states uh, that are going to be the margins of, of victory uh, for either candidate. Um, and that is, it's, but his math right now, he is not on track to be in enough states to actually win the presidency. He's just on track to be in enough states to cost uh, Joe Biden the presidency. Mm. Well, that's kind of the same thing. Anyway, um, if Joe Biden's not president and RFK costs him the presidency, then that's a problem because that means that Joe Biden can't win the presidency. Uh, let's not make it about RFK here. That means that people are unhappy with Joe Biden. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Listen, when it comes to your family's health care, Cooper University Healthcare is South Jersey's leading academic health system for a reason. They are committed, compassionate, complete. For all your family's health care needs, trust Cooper. We do. The Zioli family does. I mentioned baby Reagan being born during COVID. She was born at Cooper Hospital. And last summer, I had my surgery at Cooper, uh, Cooper Hospital, Cooper Surgical Care. Whether it's the MD Anderson Cancer Center at Cooper, where they're doing amazing work on cancer, saving people's lives, giving them their life back, cutting-edge research, the Cooper Neurological Institute, with more than 75 specialties, there is a specialist for you and your family. Plus, Cooper Primary Care, Cooper Pediatric Care, and Cooper Urgent Care. If you or your family need any urgent care, you will be seen by the very same providers who are on the front lines at Cooper Hospital, which is a level one trauma center. So you're going to see the best of the best for all of your family's everyday urgent care needs. For an appointment, reach out to Cooper by calling 1-800-8-COOPER or go to cooperhealth.org. Trust the team at Cooper, South Jersey's leading academic health system, expanding every day. Beautiful new facility by the Morristown Mall, too. Absolutely gorgeous. Great doctors, great providers, great nurses, great people. CooperHealth.org, CooperHealth.org. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Calling on North Wales to follow 1210 WPHT on the free Odyssey app. Download it now. Sean, excellent work. Well done. 855-839-1210. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. In a second, we're going to talk about an intellectual property issue that I think you'd be very interested in. We're also monitoring Capitol Hill as Hunter Biden is uh, testifying today. We'll bring you any breaking news around that. And the other breaking news of the day is, and there's a lot of it today, not only Mitch McConnell announcing that he's going to step down as Senate majority or minority leader, excuse me. Um, Trump has told the New York appeals court that he cannot post the full bond. Um, crazy how in order to appeal, you have to pay the bond. You have to pay the, the, the fine essentially right now. It's um, egregious, the, the penalty, which I think is a violation of the Eighth Amendment. There's a prohibition on excessive fines. Especially in the in the matter of keeping somebody from being able to post bail, and this is something we've talked about with criminal justice reform in the past, uh, in general. So we'll get more on that in a moment for you. But let's turn to an issue regarding intellectual property, and um, let's turn to David Capos. David Capos is joining me now. He was actually in the Under Secretary of Commerce for Intellectual Property and the Director of the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office under President Barack Obama. David, thank you for joining me in Philadelphia. I appreciate it. Yeah. Hi, Rich. How's it going? It's going okay. Um, I was excited to have you on because 
I don't normally have a lot of many former Obama administration officials on the show, but this is an issue where you seem to have a lot of bipartisan consensus, and it's a very important issue. So I'm glad you made the time today to talk about it. And give us the overview of of, uh, what's at stake here. Yeah, so here's what's at stake. We've got a a law called the Bayh-Dole Act, which goes back to the 1980s, bipartisan in nature, right? Birch Bayh and Bob Dole, Republican and Democrat. Um, It's been transformative to our country's um, innovation landscape. It's been heralded as perhaps the most important commercial legislation of the entire 20th century. It revolutionized tech transfer um, from government-funded research, enabling literally trillions of dollars of value creation in the U.S. and, and millions of jobs. So it's the classic example, Rich, of it ain't broke, don't fix it. In fact, it's, it's so far from being broke, it's working near perfectly. Many other countries have actually copied the law since it was so successful here. So in the face of all of that, the administration suddenly comes out with a proposal to turn the Bayh-Dole Act on its head, essentially repealing it um, administratively, I would tell you, by putting in place a new regime which will cause um, federal bureaucrats to oversee pricing, if you can believe it, pricing of products that are funded by government, even a tiny bit funded by government research. So it's, it's, um, it's a very big deal. Um, university presidents writing in, not just tech transfer offices, but presidents and chancellors of universities writing into the government saying, don't do this, you're going to ruin our educational system, you're going to ruin our research system, you're going to ruin our tech transfer system that leads the world. And they're trying to do this by executive fiat. This is not something that, I mean, this is a law, a bipartisan law passed by Congress, but they're trying to do this by executive fiat, correct? That's exactly right. Yeah, in fact, a number of of, uh, members of Congress, I believe senators and uh, representatives, bipartisan again, have written a letter to the administration saying, wait a minute, um, this is Congress domain. You can't just effectively repeal legislation um, out of the administration. And what, what is behind the administration's impetus in doing this? Well, the stated goal is a laudable one. Um, it's to lower drug prices, and you know we all want drugs to be available um, widely. That's the stated goal. But uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, Rich, the the proposal itself goes to all government-funded research and development. And in fact, in in the proposed rule, most of the impact on the face of the proposed rule would would be felt far beyond um, life sciences and and drugs. So the stated goal does not align at all with the actual rule that's being proposed. And what really, again, frustrates me about this, again, is, you you know, here you have a a law that's on the books. You have a law that uh, Congress is not looking to change. You have something that the administration is looking to change. You have all these different colleges who've come out and put statements on this. You have a number of different groups that have come out. For example, um, the intellectual property academics, the statement they said, they said, Senators Bayh and Dole made clear that the inclusion of reasonable price as a criterion authorizing the march in power is unconnected to the text or purpose of their statute. The proposed guidance framework is an unprecedented assertion of agency power to control prices in private market transactions without a legal basis. And that's a number of very distinguished people who've signed on to that. Explain what we're talking about when we say march in power. 
Yeah. So what that means is um, that the government gets to march in, if you will, or step in and relicense a patent that's owned by a private party. So, I mean, you can think of a patent like any other property, your car, your, um, uh, you know, anything that you own, even even real property, your apartment, your home. And um, this administrative proposal is giving the government the authority to step in and give someone else access to property, in this case, patent property, that's owned by a private party, a, a university, um, a research lab, a small growing company. See, that's really troubling because uh, the, the, the right to intellectual property, patent property, ownership of that is vital to innovation. And people spend a lot of time, money, uh, sweat and tears to come up with these ideas and innovations. And then they patent them for the protection. They're supposed to have the intellectual property rights to that. And then for the government to just come along and say, ah, you don't you don't have that protection anymore. We're, we're taking this away for the greater good. I mean, that's terrifying and also could have real ramifications on incentivizing people to come up with new innovations. Yeah, Rich, it will have and is already beginning to have those exact implications. I'm already getting questions from companies that are saying, you know, we're being asked to put up money to fund a company that's going to exploit some government-funded research, um, what might happen and could we lose access to the patent that related to that research, that resulted from that research? And the answer is absolutely. Under this proposal, um, you should count that as a very significant risk and companies as a result are walking away um, and, and investors, private equity, and venture capital is already walking away from making investments um, in uh, in companies that are uh, that are based on federally funded research. Now, David Capos, you, you were the Undersecretary of Commerce in the Obama administration. So I imagine you, you have a lot of pull still within the Democrat Party. And I know this is a bipartisan issue. So have you reached out to the White House? Have you expressed these concerns to the White House? And, and, and what are they saying? Yeah, I have. I've participated in at least one, and it might even be two at this point. I don't remember. Um, letters, the one that I most vividly remember was signed by a number of former officials, including former Obama administration officials and and Republican administration officials, PTO directors, NIST directors, and others, all saying, hey, this is a really bad idea. We're all in favor of reasonable drug prices, and we get that. We want people to have access to drugs, um, and we want federally funded research to inure to the benefit of the public. But the way to do it is the Bayh-Dole Act, not to um, have this march and ride under the Bayh-Dole Act. So we've sent um, that letter, you know, very vividly to the administration. I haven't heard anything back as to, you know, whether they're considering it. And if they were to do this again by executive fiat, not overturning the law that was passed by Congress, which is, I mean, I, I could do a whole show just on that because it infuriates me that they that they can get away with that. How does that process work? Is this a rule that's promulgated by the Commerce Department? Yes. Yeah, it's a rule. Uh, I mean, right now they're calling it guidelines. So, it, you know, um, Rich, if you're concerned about like the Administration Administrative Procedures Act and violations of that, I'm not even sure this, you know, gets on the APA radar screen per se. 
but it but it clearly, in my view, is um, an egregious overreach, a land grab by the administration that flaunts um, a law passed by Congress. I, I think what will happen, even if the um, uh, the the current discussion about um, you know repealing the um, uh, you know parts of uh, of the courts overseeing federal agency regulation, even if that um, doesn't uh, get hammered by the Supreme Court, as we think it, it currently probably will, um, I think what you're going to see is a challenge to this um, uh, Commerce Department NIST uh, set of guidelines, and um, and I think the courts are going to be very uh, very um, interested in seeing that challenge since it is such a big overreach. Well, it's basically theft by the government. I mean, if people, I understand there's government funding used in the research, but still people coming up with the patents for these in, inventions and drugs and everything else. If the government just comes around and, and, and seizes that, I mean, that that's a seizure. I mean, in my, my opinion, that's a violation of the of, of the Fifth Amendment to the Constitution as well. Well, right. And remember, the, the patent um, right is also constitutionally guaranteed, right? Article 1, Section 7, Clause 7, I believe, um, that, are, that, are, that in the Constitution, the original Constitution that authorizes Congress to pass laws to protect inventions, and Congress did that way back in 1793. That basic law is still the one that governs us today. And now you're going to have, um, you know, government bureaucrats reaching in and saying, I don't like the price that you set for this product that received some tiny amount of federal funding that went into a, the patent that protects it. And so we're going to like relicense the patent to some other company, maybe a Chinese company that's told us they can um, provide this product less expensively than you did, having spent all the money to uh, put the R&D in play. It's crazy. And, you know, there was a there was a, um, a an op ed recently in the morning call to affecting Pennsylvania, too. And a lot of our listeners know about this because they said Pennsylvania, for example, has been a hub of scientific and medical advancement. And this would absolutely threaten that. I mean, it would it, it could potentially destroy that. It could destroy the innovation and, and, and destroy property rights. And you just made a great point, David, about China. I mean, my God, you know, to take away a patent for something that somebody has worked hard, that, that like hardworking Pennsylvanians have created research, technology, and then give that away to a foreign country. I mean, that's just insane. Why would anybody support that idea? Yeah, it is crazy. In fact, I believe Penn is one of the prominent universities at the either the chancellor or the president level that's written in to the administration. Many universities, right, including great ones from Pennsylvania, have written in, and not at the tech transfer level, but at the president or the chancellor level, saying to the administration, don't do this. You will destroy our university. You will destroy our ability to conduct research. You will hurt us differentially. And and what I also read was members of the World Trade Organization want this waiver to remove intellectual property protections from all therapeutics and diagnostics developed in response to COVID, but also any other future pandemics or anything else. They they really want the the ability now to just take away ownership uh, to apply for the for the greater good. But I mean to create these scientific discoveries. 
causes, I mean, the investment, the amount of sweat and tears that I mentioned, the amount of money that's involved, the amount of just pure innovation that's involved here in all of this. And then to have an international organization take that away, to just strip away those rights, to have the United States government do that, patents, copyrights, trademarks, all these things, intellectual property rights. I mean, it's the very heart of of, of, of America to, to own the rights to what you create, to own the, the rights to what you have produced with your blood, sweat, and tears and your innovation. And that is something that has to be protected here. I mean, this is a massive seizure of intellectual wealth, as I would call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right, Rich. It's, it's the heart of our innovation engine. It's the heart of U.S. job creation, of creativity, of global leadership, national defense, um, you name it, right? Artificial intelligence, 5G, 6G, quantum computing, on and on and on. All of these areas um, are threatened from the top down, and I'm sure our economic rivals overseas, um, some of whom are members of the WTO and would love to get American innovation for free, right? Why, why pay for something when you think you can get it for free? That's what they're asking for. Uh, they all would love um, uh, to have this, sure. Yeah, amazing. David, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your advocacy on this issue. It's an incredibly important one, and not enough people are talking about it. So I'm glad we can help get it out there. It's very important. David Capos, Undersecretary of Commerce for Intellectual Property and Director of the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office under President Barack Obama. David, where can people reach out to you or learn more about the issue? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks, Rich, for taking this issue up. It is so important. Um, where they can reach us, I would uh, suggest people just simply go to the website of the Council for Innovation Promotion, which is a nonprofit that I co-chair. It's called C4IP.org, and we have the letters that have been sent into the administration. We have lots of information about this by Dole Act seizure, and folks can find it there. Excellent stuff. David, thank you very much. Best of luck with this. You, you have our support in trying to uh, preserve the sanity here and, and intellectual property rights as well. Thank you, my friend. Okay. Thanks, Rich. All right. As we continue along here, there's some breaking news. Hunter Biden will appear in a public hearing. He just came out and said that the testimony today went great. And uh, we'll have lots of reaction to that. Plus the reaction that Donald Trump uh, cannot make the full bond in New York. I've told you, I think that's an, a violation of the Eighth Amendment to the Constitution. But you know what David just talked about? It's just it infuriates me. The administrative state what we're dealing with now with a with an executive branch of government that thinks it can you just absolutely rewrite law through executive action and seize people's intellectual property it's just outrageous and of course it's being pushed by the wef the world economic forum the wto all the bond villains who want to control all of america's um sovereignty and, and control all of america's great innovation it's outrageous it's infuriating it really really is so i hope that was an eye-opening segment for you it certainly was for me 855-839-1210 on twitter at rich zioli listen natural lawn of america is going to help you get the beautiful, green, lush lawn that you want this summer. And you'll be the envy of your neighborhood. And most importantly, you will have a safer lawn for you and your family and your pets. See, Natural Lawn of America specializes in making sure that your lawn gets the proper treatment that it needs. In other words, it's dedicated to your specific lawn. That's what sets Natural Lawn of America apart. And the fact that it is the safer, more natural alternative. So Natural Lawn of America will also seed your lawn for free every year if you take advantage of their limited time offer by calling 
free seed 1-800 free seed natural lawn of america you'll get greener grass fewer weeds guaranteed the best part is i've used them for years now the results will be absolutely beautiful the kids can roll on the lawn you don't have to worry about it the pets can roll on the lawn and everybody will say wow that's a beautiful beautiful lawn you have and you'll feel confident knowing that every year that lawn will be seeded for free with my friends at natural lawn of america so call them today at 1-800-FREE-SEED 1-800-FREE-SEED free speech lives here with rich zioli afternoons three to seven talk radio 1210 wphd imagine me and you i do i think about you day and night it's only right to think about the girl you love and hold her tight so happy together I should call you up, invest a dime, and you say you belong to me. Lose my mind, imagine how the world could be. So very fine, so happy together. Toss the dice, it had to be The only one for me is you And you for me, so happy together Sean, your musical selections today are outstanding Well done, sir, well done You can say thank you if you want my bad. I'm sorry about that. I was though you were about to start talking. No, it's all right. No problem. But thank Good you, though, today. Rich. I appreciate it. Well, you're getting a lot of accolades on social media today. Awesome. So, awesome. That's great. Yeah. You're, you're welcome. Uh, thank you. Thanks for being here. Henry is filling in for Dan on Dom Giordano's show for the next week or so. So we will be uh, Henry-less, or as we call it, happy. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's on a vacation, and so are we. <laughs> Matt DeSantis, I've never heard you so happy. <laughs> Not since you saw the Nazis at CPAC. <laughs> there were no Nazis at CPAC. Um, we have a little bit of Abby Lowell, who's Hunter Biden's idiot lawyer. Um, remember, Abby Lowell's the one who blew up the entire deal to give Hunter Biden all that, that immunity um, because idiots hire idiot lawyers. And Abby Lowell spoke a few minutes after Hunter Biden left the Capitol building after his closed door session today. This is what he said. Take a listen. Very briefly, you all, because you're interested. After seven hours of questions, the Republican majority ends the day with where they started. They have produced no evidence that would do anything to support the notion that there was any financial transactions that involved Hunter with his father, period. It seems to me that the Republican members wanted to spend more time talking about my client's addiction than they could ask any question that had anything to do with what they call their impeachment inquiry. So, as I said before, there is no evidence because there is no evidence and today only confirmed that. Thank you. Will you do a public hearing? Mr. Biden, was the cocaine at the White House yours? <laughs> no, it was the dogs. 
The dog's cocaine. <laughs> I love that question, by the way. Can you isolate that question for me? Because that's really what everybody wants to know. Mr. Biden, I mean, was the cocaine at the White House yours? No, it was Commander's. All right, we got a, uh, another guest coming up. We're going to talk to uh, Regina Eja. She was, uh, she's going to help us with understanding um, the ridiculous budget address that was played by uh, King Philip the Unaccountable yesterday, his royal rugness, Regina Ejia. But first, I want to play a little clip for you of uh, his royal rugness making uh, dead whale jokes. Dead whale jokes because, you know, dead whale jokes are funny, obviously. Uh, take a listen. I'm not getting any more complaints. There must be no whales 40 miles offshore. <laughs> Just making sure you're paying attention out there because I am. <clears throat> and once these wind turbines are complete, they will generate, just you, you get this now? Do you all get it? They will generate enough energy. There's no whales 40 miles out. There are tons of them 12 miles out. It's unbelievable. What a jackass. I mean, honestly, dead whale jokes, everybody. Uh, perhaps we'll add the trumpets and do that again in the 5 o'clock hour. We have a big 5 o'clock hour coming up for you, courtesy of our friends at the Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey. So we're going to get to that straight ahead. There's a lot of breaking news. Uh, Trump wins a temporary delay to the ruling barring him from running New York businesses and taking out loans from New York banks. That just came in. But the question, of course, is does he have the cash on hand to be able to pay the egregious penalty that New York assessed against him in order to file his appeal? I think there's a clear Eighth Amendment violation to this. We'll talk about that. We have a lot to get, get through. Uh, we're just getting warmed up here, so don't go away. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.